Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Welcome to Beware of Spoilers. I am Adam. I have just seen Spider-Man No Way Home. Now, because this is a movie that is very spoiler-heavy, and I do not want to spoil it for anyone who has not yet seen it, considering it is Thursday night on the East Coast, I have seen the movie at a 6.30 screening. I would say it is more than likely, if you are listening to this on Friday, you probably have not seen this movie. So I'm going to be brief with my thoughts on, you know, a spoiler-free version of the review. Um, and then when you hear um, a noise, I have a noise that I'm going to play. It's part of the theme music. Uh, let me play it now for you. When you hear that, that means we'll be heading into spoiler territory. So if you listen past that noise, don't get pissy with me if you have the movie get spoiled. Um, so... Let's discuss uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Now, there was a... This movie had, by far, the strangest... um, What's the word I'm looking for? The strangest uh, marketing um, strategy of any movie I'd seen. Because I think it stands to reason that the entire way they marketed this movie was through, quote-unquote, leaks uh, of things that were happening. And I don't want to say that that was, you know, a, a good idea or a bad idea, but... You know, most people know very little going into this movie going in, and a lot of it, a lot of it's conjecture, a lot of it's not real, And but there was a lot that was real. So, you knew about as much, and I think it kind of functioned on the rumor mill, in so much as the movie um, generated hype for itself from people speculating about what was going to be in this movie, and as trailers came and we saw things that were, you know, confirmed, not confirmed, someone said in an interview, someone didn't say in an interview... Um, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, what an asshole. Um, it, it, it's kind of like, sorry, I'm, I'm referring to someone who is revving their engine loudly just to be, I, I can't stand that. Um, actually, you know what, before we dive too deeply, let's talk about theater etiquette. I knew I was in for a rough, now, a smart person would have, when they texted someone before the movie and said, I have a feeling this is going to be worse than Endgame and The Force Awakens, which were the two loudest theater-going experiences I've ever been to, I was more accepting of Endgame because Endgame, you felt like it built to it. Like, and, and the moments, it wasn't getting applaud for everything. It was only certain moments that got the applause. And it was earned moments, and it was, you know, when it happened, you were like, oh, cool, that that deserves the reaction it's getting. Uh, for The Force Awakens, it was the Millennium Falcon appears, Han Solo appears, here's Leia, here's C-3PO, and there was applause for everything, and it's just like, shut the fuck up and watch the movie. Um, with this one, I felt um, it was going to be more like that because of what we were getting into with this, and sure enough, anytime something fucking happened from a movie we'd seen before, there was applause, and it's like, okay, great. Here's the thing. 
if you are seeing a movie, um, do not scream. Um, if you are seeing a PG-13 movie, um, a PG-13 Spider-Man movie, which is all audiences, don't scream, fuck yeah, like you're having the greatest orgasm of your life. And I'm directing this at the guy who was sitting next to me through the entire movie, um, anytime something would happen. Um, and, and the loudest noise in the movie, in a movie with explosions, with gunfire, with, with people screaming on screen, with all this kind of, you know, shit happening all around you, the loudest noise that I heard through the entire screening was this motherfucker sitting next to me screaming, oh, fuck yeah, anytime something happened. Like, we get it at school, and there are moments that are, like, you know, not designed to be applauded, but, like, you know, kind of, like, you know, you know, like, they kind of know that's gonna happen because there's a little lull after. And then, an extension of that complaint, um, if anyone gets up to go to the bathroom or to get a refill of soda or laughs at a joke that maybe you don't understand or a joke you don't find funny, um, don't curse at them. Don't, don't be like, shut the fuck up. Like, don't be like, you know, don't, just don't be that person. Don't take the experience and, and ruin it for other people. And it's like, and the thing is, it's like, you're sitting here complaining during the fucking opening, you know, trailers through, through everything. And then, and then the movie starts and it's like, if people aren't reacting the way you want, then that's not, like, what, what the fuck? Um, so... The movie's great. Um, all the returning cast we knew from the trailers is great. Uh, we knew that, um, what's it called? We knew Jamie Foxx was going to be back. We knew um, uh, who else was in the trailer that I can I can say. Um, uh, Alfred Molina, Willem Dafoe. They all kind of fell right back into the roles uh, that they were in originally. And, you know, it didn't feel like any time had passed between that movie and now. And, and that's a really big, seamless thing for them to be able to do well. Um, in this movie is make it feel like no time has passed and these actors aren't, you know, trying to fit back into a role that they left years ago. I'm not even saying physically, I'm saying like, you know, even like, you know, the mental states of the characters and all of that kind of fits really well. I think that like of note, they really nailed, um, Doc Ock, uh, and that was really good. They really nailed, um, Green Goblin. Uh, that was really good. Um, they continued where Electro was in, in Amazing Spider-Man 2, but they don't really, you know, do that now. Um, is the, like, I, I don't really know how much further, what the fuck? He's a fucking directional asshole. I don't really know how much further to go with this because I can't really go too much further than say everything we knew that was in the movie was great and there are things that we didn't know were going to be in the movie, um, that were that were great too. Um, that I don't really want to say in the non-spoiler part. Um, but if you're listening to a podcast about Spider-Man: No Way Home the day it comes out, I'm fairly certain you know what it's about. Um, so I think on that note, we'll transition to um, the spoiler part of the review after this noise. And now we're in the spoiler part of the review. So. Beyond this point, if you hear a spoiler, don't get pissy at me. I have warned you. It's in the title of the show. It's in, it's, you know, it's in the title of the episode. It is, I, I warned you before we got into the non-spoiler part, and I've warned you before we got into the spoiler part. This is the spoiler part of the review. 
So if you do not want to know what happens, um, then this is not the place for you. Um, pause it, come back, and listen to it after you have seen the movie. Or go into the movie knowing the spoilers, which is perfectly fine. Because, I mean, a lot of people do that. I usually do that myself, but this movie was very scarce. So I'm letting the spoilers out. Um, and I think what, what this movie does and does well, and I think is an important line to walk, especially with, like, Ghostbusters coming out last month, is it, it toes the line of fan service without it being ridiculous. Um, because, look, obviously, let's just get this out of the way. Andrew Garfield comes back. That's one of the things that the guy next to me, you know, came over. And, and Tobey Maguire also comes back. Also, again, full-body, deep-rocking orgasm from that guy over seeing fucking Tobey Maguire, who looks not a day over he did in um, Spider-Man 3, which is not an endorsement of that. It's an endorsement of the fact that he looks fucking old in Spider-Man 3. Um, and... Again, even these two come back and they fall right back in. I think that Andrew Garfield now has the benefit of hindsight and having seen what people liked and didn't like about his Spider-Man. So he gets to play with that a little bit more. Tobey Maguire, I think, just kind of like, I know what people like. They like me. I will do me and we'll be good. Um, so I think that like Andrew Garfield got that to tweak his performance a little bit. And I think he did a great job with that. Um, and uh, who else was that? That was really good. Um... Uh, we, I didn't know she was going to be in the movie, but the guy who played uh, Flint Marco was going to be in the movie, um, reprising as Sandman. Because throughout most of the movie, and they got me through it too, um, was you don't see him as Flint Marco as we saw him at the end of Spider-Man Three. We see him as um, we see him as like a sand person. Um, and same thing with Lizard. I didn't know if Reza Fans was going to be reprising, um, and uh, it, it turns out he did. Um, so, you know, cool things all around, you know, all, all cool, you know, things. And, and the entire plot of the movie comes down to, you know, what does it mean to be a hero? Because, like, the thing is, it's like, very early on, they they capture all of the Sinister Five, um, throw them into cells, and they have a solution to the problem. We're going to send them back to their universes. But the thing is, um, after talking to Aunt May... Um, Spider-Man decides that he cannot send them back to their universe because they're, all of them, except for Flint, um, are doomed to die fighting Spider-Man because Doc Ock is doomed to sacrifice his life to, um, to what's it called, to, um, to, to stop his creation from going awry. Uh, Green Goblin is doomed to kill himself on his own glider. Uh, don't remember Amazing Spider-Man that well to know how Kirk Connors dies. Um, Electro, also not entirely reminiscent on how Electro ended up dead. But Electro ended up dead too. Um, so, it, it, so you know, Spider-Man decides we're going to save them all by doing that. And I think that what this movie does very well is make me want to see Doctor Strange again and make me want to watch Doctor Strange into the multiverse of madness um, immediately. Not just because the second post-credit scene is a fucking trailer, a literal trailer for multiverse of madness, but because uh, the, uh, like... There's an entire fight in the mirror dimension, and we didn't even get that in Infinity War and Endgame. He tried. He tried to put Thanos into the into the mirror dimension, um, but they didn't do that. Um, and, and we get to see a lot of Doctor Strange's powers get used, not just, you know, wavy hands and, and, and all of that. It's like, you know, we see him do the astral projecting on Peter. We see him do the, um, what's it called, do the... Um, go into the mirror dimension and send Peter into the mirror dimension and have an entire fight in the fucking mirror dimension and it's 
amazing. It's probably the strongest part of the movie, and I think it's kind of the same thing in Doctor Strange. Well, I mean, no, this movie has a lot of other strong moments, but in Doctor Strange, hands down, the best fight sequence in that movie is Mordo and Doctor Strange running through the mirror dimension, fighting, um, fighting, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, whatever the fuck the bad guys. Uh, it's Kaecilius and his uh, apostles, or whatever the fuck was going on there. Um, but yeah, that, that movie is, uh, it, like that, this movie made me want to watch that, um, again, and what else was there? It's like the, the entire third act sequence, like, once they introduce the three Peters, and I think that, like, this movie has a similar thing to the first Spider-Man, uh, not the first, the, um, uh, Far From Home, in so much as when, when Far From Home hits its stride, that's when uh, Mysterio has the sequence about halfway through the movie. Peter hands over the glasses to Mysterio, and Mysterio has the sequence where he's in the what's it called? Where he's in the um, in the bar, and he's you know just chewing the scenery and going off and telling everyone his plan and how he's like you know how how they did everything and all of that. That is the moment where the movie flips on a dime and gets really good. Um, and and to an extent here. There's kind of that same thing, where the first half of the movie isn't very memorable, um, with the exception of... I mean, look, it is a fantastic week to be a fan of Netflix's Daredevil, let me just say. Because yesterday, I watched Hawkeye, and then, sure enough, there's fucking, uh, what's it called? Um, there is, uh, um, uh, Kingpin makes his first appearance, and we'll be back next week. Then this week... Uh, than today, fucking uh, Matt Murdock is his lawyer, and the thing is too, that's really fun, as a huge fuck you to all those people who said that Daredevil wasn't canon um, Daredevil appears in the movie before the multiverse gets fucked up so he's not even a fucking visitor from another universe, and we knew that from Hawkeye, because fucking Kingpin is there, and Kingpin has history with Ronan, and you know, I am all for this, I, I want more, give me more Daredevil, please announce a fucking Daredevil show this week or next week, now that this movie's out, I, I'm, I am so totally on board for, for more Daredevil, um, that was the most exciting part of the movie for me, because, quite honestly, uh, I'm not, like, I, like, uh, it's one of those things where I think it was because it came out beforehand, I wasn't exactly excited for the big return of Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, it's like, oh, cool, they're gonna be there, um, but whatever, um, they, they referenced Miles again, um, when, uh, what's it called, when, uh, um, when Electro is talking to, um, to Andrew Garfield, and he takes off the, uh, takes off the mask, and he tells him, he's like, you know, you do all this stuff, and he goes through this entire thing, it's like, you're poor, you're from Queens, you help out the disenfranchised, would have thought you were gonna be black, and, uh, and Andrew Garfield goes, I'm sure the black Spider-Man out there somewhere, um, and I think that that was kind of my big disappointment in this movie, was not that Miles wasn't there, but that that was the only reference to Miles when the idea of a Spider-Verse comes from Into the Spider... I mean, look, they've done it before this point, but Into the Spider-Verse was, you know, a Miles movie, and everyone fucking loves that movie. You can't even do a fucking... Like, when they show things coming through from other dimensions, they show, like, Rhino, and they show, like... Uh, I, I couldn't quite pick out who the other one is. I, my first thought was, oh, my fucking God, that's another Kang... Um, uh, what's variant, like, it, it, it is, 
all for this, totally all for this, completely all for this, um, like, and the thing is, it's like, I just want to see more Doctor Strange, um, and I think that the Doctor Strange trailer is strong at the end of the movie, um, but they're definitely playing with the multiverse in a way that I didn't think they would, where what if is definitely required viewing, um, WandaVision, it, we, I kind of had a feeling was going to be required viewing, but it's not, I don't know how required the viewing is going to be, because it feels like they kind of explain everything you need to know from WandaVision in that one little scene that's in the trailer, where it's like, you know, Doctor Strange shows up where she's hanging out, and he, and she says, like, um, I've caused a lot of pain, um, and he says, I'm not here to talk about Westview, and all of that, so I, I think that that's probably all you need to know about WandaVision to move on from, from that point, um, what else did I want to address, the Venom post-credit scene, um, look, not a huge Venom fan, I've been vocal about the fact that I'm not a huge Venom fan, did not like Venom, did not like Let There Be Carnage, you know, not the biggest Venom fan to begin with, that said, I'm disappointed that, um, Eddie Brock got sent back to his universe without interacting with Spider-Man, because I kind of wanted to see that happen. Look, I, I love that they left the symbiote behind. And, and the way this movie ends is kind of a clean reset for Spider-Man. Where he is... Um, I mean, Aunt May dies in the movie. Um, and he, you know, has to have everyone forget who Peter Parker is. Not that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. But forget who Peter Parker is, period. So, it's, it's a clean break. But we're starting fresh. And he's, he's living in this apartment... By far the most unrealistic part of the movie is that this fucking 17, 18-year-old can afford a fucking apartment in Queens um, on his own without a high school degree and and, and working up, like, however many part-time jobs he's doing. Like, what the fuck? Um, I think that's the least amount... That's the least realistic thing about this movie. In a movie with a fucking lizard man and a guy made out of electricity. Um, What else was that that I wanted to address with this? Um, Yeah, I, I would have liked that... Look, they left behind a bit of the symbiote. It's going to migrate its way to Peter Parker. We know this. Um, and then it's going to, you know, we're going to get Black Suit Spider-Man in the next movie. I really like how this movie ends with Spider-Man getting his own suit. Um, and I know they have plans for three more movies. And I, I, I like that, you know, we are now at a point where he is out of the shadow of Tony Stark, and he's his own entity, and I think that that's a great way to go, um, and I think that, you know, black suit Spider-Man would be great, um, if, what's it called, if, um, uh, what was it, um, if they're not doing, you know, Miles next, I, I really think Miles should be, you know, an impending thing, in the universe, and the thing is, too, it's like, you know, no one knowing that Spider-Man is Peter Parker is an important, is a good thing now, because it's not like he's dealing with, you know, the Avengers, really, like, you know, the only Avengers he really dealt with were Tony and Doctor Strange, and Doctor Strange isn't likely to call in this kid to help, um, and, you know, Tony's dead, um, and I, I, I don't know, I, I really like this movie, I think that the movie ends in a way that makes me optimistic about the future of this, and, and I want to see more. It kind of takes, you know, it's, it's kind of the same thing as, like, when they finish Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and it ends with the, um, 
the big, you know, um, what's it called? The, uh, it ends with the Falcon, um, being Captain America, but he doesn't have the, the super soldier serum. It's like, you know, to this point, we've really only ever seen a Spider-Man who was bankrolled by fucking Tony Stark. So I think taking that away and having him start fresh to an extent is a great way to move the character forward. Um, so yeah, so we'll wrap up there for today. Um, and we'll be back with, um, maybe another movie tomorrow. I don't know yet. I'm tired and I have to write a text review for this, uh, still. So we'll be back tomorrow and we'll see what goes on. So until then, have a great rest of your week. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.